As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. Hello friends, I'm Rick Warren and welcome to Spurgeon's Sermons. This is the official podcast brought to you by Premier and Spurgeon's College. You know, the teachings of Charles Spurgeon have had a personal impact on my life in a profound way and I'm confident they'll do the same for you. So get ready to be challenged, equipped and guided by Charles Spurgeon who is universally regarded as the greatest English preacher in the history of the church. Jesus at Bethesda, or Waiting Changed for Believing, a sermon by Charles Spurgeon, part one. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. John's Gospel, chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. The scene of this miracle was Bethesda, a pool, according to the evangelist, adjoining the sheep market, or near to the sheep gate, the place through which, I suppose, the cattle consumed by the inhabitants of Jerusalem would be driven, and the pool where perhaps the sheep intended for sale in the temple were washed. So common was sickness in the days of the Saviour that the infirmities of men intruded upon the place which had been allotted to cattle, and the place where sheep had been washed became the spot where sick folk congregated in great multitudes, longing for a cure. We do not hear that anyone objected at the intrusion, or that public opinion was shocked. 
the needs of humanity must override all considerations of taste. The hospital must have preference over the sheep market. This day you have another case in point. If the physical infirmities of Jerusalem intruded into the sheep market, I shall ask no excuse if on these Sabbath days the spiritual sickness of London should demand that this spacious agricultural hall, which has hitherto been given up to the lowing of cattle and to the bleating of sheep, should be consecrated to the preaching of the gospel, to the manifestation of the healing virtue of Christ Jesus among the spiritually sick. This day there is by the sheep market a pool, and spiritually sick are here in exceeding great multitudes. We might never have heard of Bethesda if an august visitor had not condescended to honour it with his presence. Jesus, the Son of God, walked in the five porches by the pool. It was the place where we might expect to meet him. For where should the physician be found if not in the place where the sick are gathered? Here was work for Jesus' healing hand and restoring word. It was but natural that the Son of Man who came to seek and to save that which was lost should make his way to the sick house by the side of the pool. That gracious visit is Bethesda's glory. This has lifted up the name of this pool out of the common rank of the springs and waters of the earth. Oh, that King Jesus might come into this place this morning. This would be the glory of this hall, for which it should be famous in eternity. If Jesus would be here to heal, the remarkable size of the congregation would cease to be a wonder. The renown of Jesus and his saving love would eclipse all else as the sun puts out the stars. My brethren, Jesus will be here, for there are those who know him and have power with him who have been asking for his presence. The Lord's favoured people, by prevailing cries and tears, have won from him his consent to be in our midst this day. And he is walking amid this throng, as ready to heal and as mighty to save as in the days of his flesh. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, is an assurance which comforts the preacher's heart this morning. A present saviour, present in the power of the Holy Spirit, shall make this day to be remembered by many who shall be made whole. I ask the earnest attention of all, and I entreat of believers and their fervent assisting prayers, while I first bid you observe the sick man, secondly, direct your attentive eye to the great physician, and thirdly, make an application of the whole narrative to the present case. In order to observe the patient, I shall ask you to go with me to the pool with the five porches around which the sick are lying. Walk tenderly amongst the groups of lame and blind. Do not close your eyes. 
It will do you good to see the sorrowful sight, to mark what sin has done, and to what sorrows our father Adam has made us heirs. Why are they all here? They are here because sometimes the waters bubble up with a healing virtue. Whether visibly stirred up by an angel or not, it is not necessary for us here to discuss. But it was generally believed that an angel descended and touched the water. This rumour attracted the sick from all quarters. As soon as the stir was seen in the waters, the whole mass probably leapt into the pool. Those who could not leap themselves were pushed in by their attendants. Alas, how small the result! Many were disappointed. Only one was rewarded for the leap. Whosoever first stepped in was healed, but only the first. For the poor and meagre chance of winning this cure, the sick folk lingered in Bethesda's arches year after year. The paralysed man in the narrative had most likely spent the better part of his 38 years in waiting at this famous pool, buoyed up by the slender hope that he might one day be first of the throng. On the Sabbath mentioned in the text, the angel had not come to him, but something better had come. For Jesus Christ, the angel's master, was there. Note concerning this man that he was fully aware of his sickness. He did not dispute the failure of his health. He was a paralysed man. He felt it and he owned it. He was not like some present this morning who are lost by nature, but who do not know it or will not confess it. He was conscious that he needed heavenly help and his waiting at the pool showed it. Are there not many in this assembly who are equally convinced on this point? You have for a long time felt that you are a sinner, and have known that unless grace shall save you, saved you never can be. You are no atheist, no denier of the gospel. On the contrary, you firmly believe the Bible and heartily wish that you had a saving part in Christ Jesus. But for the present, you have advanced no further than to feel that you are sick, to desire to be healed, and to own that the cure must come from above. So far, so good. But it is not good to stop here. The paralysed man, thus desiring to be healed, waited by the pool, expecting some sign and wonder. He hoped that an angel would suddenly burst open the golden gates and touch the waters, which were now calm and stagnant, and that then he might be healed. This too, my dear hearers, is the thought of many of those who feel their sins and who desire salvation. They accept that unscriptural and dangerous advice given to them by a certain class of ministers. They wait at the pool of Bethesda. They persevere in the formal use of means and ordinances and continue in unbelief, expecting some great thing. They abide in a continued refusal to obey the gospel and yet expect that on a sudden 
they will experience some strange emotions, singular feelings or remarkable impressions. They hope to see a vision or hear a supernatural voice or be alarmed with deliriums of horror. Now, dear friends, we shall not deny that a few persons have been saved by very singular interpositions of God's hand. In a manner altogether out of the ordinary, modes of divine interposition do occur and may occur again. I must, however, beg unconverted people not to look for such interpositions in their own cases. When the Lord bids you believe in Jesus, what right have you to demand signs and wonders instead? Jesus himself is the greatest of all wonders. My dear hearer, for you to wait for remarkable experiences is as futile as was the waiting of the multitude who lingered at Bethesda, waiting for the long-expected angel. When he who could heal them stood already in their midst, neglected and despised by them. What a piteous spectacle to see them gazing into the clouds when the physician who could heal them was present and they offered him no petitions and sought no mercy at his hands. In dealing with the method of waiting to see or to feel some great thing, we remark that it is not the way which God has bidden his servants preach. I challenge the whole world to find any gospel of God in which an unconverted man is told to abide in unbelief. Where is the sinner told to wait upon God in the use of ordinances so that he may be saved? The gospel of our salvation is this. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. When our Lord gave his commission to his disciples, he said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And what was that gospel? Tell them to wait in their unbelief, in the use of means and ordinances, till they see some great thing. Tell them to be diligent in prayer and read the word of God until they feel better. Not an atom of it. Thus saith the Lord, he that believeth and is baptised shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. This was the gospel, and the only gospel which Jesus Christ ever bade his ministers preach. And they who say, wait for feelings, wait for impressions, wait for wonders, they preach another gospel which is not another gospel the lifting up of Christ on the cross is the saving work of the gospel ministry. And in the cross of Jesus lies the hope of men. Look unto me and be saved. All the ends of the earth is God's gospel. Wait at the pool is man's gospel and has destroyed its thousands. Thank you for listening, friends. This podcast was brought to you by Premier in association with Spurgeon's College. For more Christian podcasts, sermons, and music, head back to the website premier.plus and sign in for free.